Welcome to the weekly with Jude and Ed. This week's topic is about why money is important to you. So Jude, tell me why money is important to you in your life. Um, you know, I feel like that question could be broken down because what I feel about money today is drastically different than what I felt about money even five years ago and five years before that and so on and so forth. And I feel like money in terms of value and what it means to me is going to constantly change throughout my life. And right now, I would say that money means to me is, you know, security uh, for me and my family, comfort for me and my family. And, you know, it, it provides me a way of living. Uh, it provides me the ability to get experiences that I want to receive. And without money, you don't get in any of that. And, you know, you know, I have a two-year-old kid and I have another kid coming on the way in December. And honestly, the way I change, uh, the way my thought process changed about money is, you know, what money could do for me uh, has changed into what money can do for us is is my biggest mindset and where I can provide a secu- financial security for my children in the future is probably the most important thing to me right now. And that may change as it goes on, right? So that's what I feel. What about you, Ed? So I agree with you in the sense that it, it buys experiences. I personally feel I get a sense of freedom when I save money or I know money is behind me. We'll use the pandemic as an example. I never once stressed about finances. Granted, I also didn't lose my job. But if I did, because I work in the bank, I've accumulated six months worth of expenses in my checking slash savings accounts. So I would feel the confidence that I would be able to pass through this pandemic or another emergency situation in life without having stress, anxiety, uh, uneasiness. So I think for me, it buys that, that freedom. It also gives me self-confidence. I'm not somebody who is big on clothes, but it feels good when I want to buy something nice. Let's say a fancy suit or maybe a nice belt or a watch. And it gives me this sense that I've accomplished things, especially let's say I bought a Rolex watch or I was driving a Mercedes Benz. It kind of allows me to judge myself a little bit against others and really feeds my ego, not in a, a, a self-centered way, but some a sense where I'm pride. There's pride and I feel good that I've accomplished these, even though they're material, mm-hmm. but these material things. Mm-hmm. No, no, I agree with you. I think, you know, there's a saying that people say is money can't buy happiness. And, you know, my saying is, yeah, I, you know, it can't buy true happiness, but it definitely builds the environment around it, which could foster that happiness. You know what I mean? I agree. I know that when I was a child, 
my parents, and I also believe your upbringing, they were very blue collared workers. So I never really got the materials being the youngest child in a family of five with two older brothers, I would always receive hand-me-downs. If I ever asked my parents for money, their answer was for me to work for it. So I actually built up a sense of independence and understanding of money early because my parents, they didn't have extra money to go around and give. So I would have to uh, work and deliver papers. And that was my first job at nine years old. So money also taught me discipline and uh, work ethic, effort, uh, and kind of like a go-getter hustler mentality that I think I wouldn't have experienced if my parents did have extra money and were giving me these things without me having to work for it. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, that was a large portion, part of my upbringing. And I honestly, um, money was the motivator when I was younger, right? Like I wasn't the greatest student growing up. I, I had a, I was, you know, I failed grade nine. I had to repeat grade nine and just did poorly after that. And it's not because um, um, I was a stupid or anything. It's more like, you know, I was just uh, skipping a lot of school and whatnot. But what happened was um, the year I got into grade 12 or 11, I started working and I started working in a dishwashing job. And it, it was a hard job. It was one of the hardest jobs I've had physically. And then I went and do, did a job doing factory work. And I worked at Wildwater Kingdom and I worked at Wonderland. And I wasn't earning that much but as i was progressing i was earning more and more with each job so for me my next goal was like hey i need to get into like best buy or whatever and i kept climbing this ladder towards where i am now and money is a reason why i got to where i am and i ended up getting an education you know i have my bachelor's in economics and um you know i feel like if money wasn't there and it wasn't a motivator, I wouldn't have been enticed to kind of follow through on these certain activities to make more and more money. And now I feel like with that knowledge that I have and the way I went through the system and and I'm continuing to no go through the system, it's only going to benefit my, my family and my kids as well, right? It's not just about what money buys you, but this pursuit of money and what type of knowledge and experiences you're gaining to, you know, pass on because, you know, our parents are blue collar workers. They didn't go through the system. They didn't understand, you know, what professions to go after or what to do in life. What they probably thought is become a lawyer, doctor, dent, whatever, dentist, whatever. But, you know, now we know that, hey, you know, there's great things you can do. You can be an entrepreneur, you can be a professional, you can be in the service industries, but we know how to lead our kids through that way, through the pursuit of money. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that our parents were immigrants and were the first generation Canadians, it did give us a head start of not necessarily knowing the ins and outs of the system, but we got an idea of what the system is. It gave us an opportunity to play the money game 
if we chose that route, if that's something we valued. So I do agree that um, just kind of coming from a blue collar background, it gave me a different understanding of money. I have a question for you. What is or what are some of your most frustrating experiences when it comes to money? Not having enough. <laughs> I mean, Elaborate. Talk to me. <laughs> you know, I feel like as you progress in life and you're going through things, you always have this like, you know, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. And honestly, if you really think about where you're at right now and where you were, you might be like, that's amazing what I have right now. But, you know, I want a, a house in an area that has a school great school district for example right i need more money for that i want um you know to go on vacations i need money for that i don't want to be restricted by money when i make lifestyle choices because those lifestyle choices are what me and my family enjoy and you know i don't want to be have to compromise on the experiences that you know i share with them because i always say to everyone life is about experiences you know like at the end of the day you really can't take the money to the grave and you do pass it on to your children and that's part of your experience on you know making sure they have a great experience but i just want to you know travel eat as different food uh read books watch tv play video games do whatever i want and enjoy that and i that's you know that's what i'm at right now yeah yeah i i think the restricted feeling or the that you don't want to be restricted mm-hmm. it comes with this sense of feeling ashamed or maybe you're not worthy enough so i i get I feel there's these emotions that get attached with money and sometimes not having it. It's for me, that was probably one of the most frustrating experiences. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just that that feeling that I'm not good enough or let's say I was saving to buy a house, the sacrifices that I would have to make. I never understood how much and how many sacrifices you have to make in order for you to save $1,000, in order for you to save Mm $10,000. And yeah, I just think that's probably been one of my most frustrating experiences. I, I also would say sometimes people will see you at the end of 10 years. For example, let's say you're 20 years old and you've been saving your money all the way till you're 30. And now all of a sudden you, let's say, buy a condo or buy a car or go on vacations. People only see the snapshot of your life mm-hmm. at the moment and think that it's easy or it was entitled rather than understanding the entire 10 years of sacrifice that you had to bring to get you to have these experiences or materials. So again, I think that's, that's a couple of those frustrating experiences. I have another question for you. What's one thing that you learned about money that you didn't understand, let's say 10 years ago? What I understand about money that I didn't understand 10 years ago. Um, you know, I think 10 years ago, 
what I didn't understand about money is that it's not as hard as you think to get access to money. You know, a lot of people being in the financial industry and getting into, I'm in commercial banking now and I did small business banking. And, you know, a lot of people feel like there's a barrier to become an entrepreneur. And honestly, if you have a great business plan, you can become an entrepreneur and do what you need to do. And if you really believe in the idea and you know you can make money, you can get that done. And the reason why is because there's a lot of programs out there that help entrepreneurs, uh, you know, get loans and, you know, build themselves out. One is the CSBFL loan here in Canada. And it's a great program for uh, entrepreneurs starting up and looking to buy assets or, you know, even property to operate out of. But I think that's one of the major things I learned because, you know, 10 years ago, I would have been 21 um, if I knew what I knew now and I knew I could get the money and, you know, you could get money to even develop apps from loans as long as you use a third party developer. So, you know, knowing all this and like, I think one of the biggest barriers like you probably had a million app ideas and, and you probably never pursued it. But imagine being at that age and knowing that, hey, I can pursue this because I can go take out a loan and get this done. And I have pretty much nothing to lose other than, you know, my credit, but it's big. But, you know, at the end of the day, you can take a lot more and better risk at that age. Um, and I want I want to circle back. I had a question for you, Ed. I, I want to circle back into, you know, the shamed and not worthy feeling and how um, how do you feel like social media is with Instagram and TikTok and everything like that? Is that feeding into this frenzy of, you know, people who have it and people who don't and, um, you know, that whole environment that you're speaking of earlier? Uh, I do think so. Uh, definitely media when I was growing up. I loved hip hop. And every time I would watch much music, BET, I would see uh, jewelry, uh, cars, clothes. And subconsciously, I think because I really looked up to artists. I wanted to be like them and you don't realize how much money, how privileged these artists are, uh, even in the sense that maybe they don't own these, they're renting it or it's one of their friend's car uh, or they're getting these clothes to promote it from a company. I never understood that whole aspect of it. And then you kind of grow older Uh, Social media started coming on the scene, I would say roughly when I was 18. uh, Facebook, when you needed uh, a university slash college email to even register because it was a platform only like first created for uh, university slash college students. You started and then transitioning to Instagram, right? You see snapshots of people's lives. And when you see that, you feel like, hey, I went to school with this person or I went to, we have the same job or the same income. How come they're doing this and I'm not doing that? Mm-hmm. So I think there's a level of comparison that happens. One thing I've learned with money is you'll never win. 
it's a race and the most liberating feeling of money is to know that you can't win that race mm-hmm. there's always going to be somebody that has a bigger house a mm-hmm. better car more expensive shoes uh more money in the bank a better private airplane so you just have to uh accept it mm-hmm. and be grateful for what you do have rather than what you don't have exactly so you know what you're saying is uh is do you feel like social media is skewing your meaning of why money is important to you because we really just see the highlights of everyone right like that's all we see everyone's highlights we're not seeing every no one's down points and even if we do we might see it very rarely versus the amount of highlights do you feel like it's skewing what money means to you it has it has it manipulated the way you feel about money and why it's important to you or do you feel true to your cause like since you were younger this is what you felt and this is how you continue to feel So I think that media social media definitely skews it for the majority of people and I would say in my uh, early mid late 20s uh I felt it especially earlier on but the older I got I understood that I had people let's say friends going to the club and buying bottles and spending $500 and wearing these nice clothes when they were 23 24 and then come let's say when they're 30 they are in debt or maybe they have only a couple thousand dollars to their name whereas i was somebody who would join that group maybe let's say once a month once every two months just to go out have some fun I'd wear my 30 $40 Converse shoes, I'd wear my $10 white t-shirt, and I was okay with that because I saw my money in the bank mm-hmm. growing. Mm-hmm. Not only that, working in the bank, especially as a financial advisor, I was able to understand that true wealth is what you don't see. So do you feel like your upbringing in a blue collar home did you feel like that's what differentiated you versus your friends or your friends also grew in blue collar homes like what made it different for you it was at the bank like what was the reasoning That's right it was the bank I don't I we all most of my friends came up from blue collar hard working families but my influence of joining the bank at 19 and working for the last 13 years it's given me this uh understanding of money that i understand majority of canadians do not have mm-hmm. so i feel like that was the biggest draw to me not being skewed by social media and possessions materials trying to compare myself i did don't get me wrong i did it were human but the bank kind of helped me stay on track. Mhm. So, you know, getting back to the bank because you've seen a lot of people and seen their experiences and what they did to make money, did that like result in a way where you started taking bigger risks with your money? I think I understood I did take bigger risks, but I also understood the risks that I was taking. So, for example, I uh, am somebody who 
would always invest in mutual funds or stocks because I was working for the bank. The stocks that I was buying was more bank stocks, especially through my payroll savings. Uh, so when I started taking risks and I'll, I made some bad investment moves, Specifically, I bought a U.S. marijuana company back in 2018. I cashed out $10,000 from my CIBC stock. I put it into this stock and it went to less than $1,000. I've never seen money disappear <laughs> that fast. It took about Sky. a year, year and a half, but it lost over 90% of its value mm -hmm. with that said when I put the money in I withdrew it understanding this is a high risk investment mm -hmm. I'm only putting it into one company mm -hmm. and it's a high a high chance that I will lose this money but I also may make a ton of money because it was a growth industry mm -hmm. unfortunately my company uh, went underwater mm -hmm. but what I'm trying to say is the bank made me understand the risk I was taking from a, like a full holistic standpoint. Mm -hmm. What about you? Do you, you grew up, uh, your working days in the bank. What's your thoughts when it comes to risk and money and how you invest? I think my thoughts on risk and money um, and how I invest is, you know, similar to you. Um, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm more open to borrow to invest than the average person. You know, interest rates that are, are extreme low. If you get something for, you know, prime, which is 2.45 right now, you're telling me that you can't get a better rate of return on the markets or some sort of vehicle, right? Um, I'm all I'm I, I'm in love with real estate. I think uh, real estate is a good investment. Again, it that changes as time goes on, and you know we're not very certain on what's going to be happening in the real estate market going forward. But I think being in the bank, and you know, we I did personal banking as you did as well, and um, seeing personal banking, business banking, and seeing where everything leads to, you realize that a lot of people that make money, make money off borrowing money. And they borrow money from their principal residence and they might go buy another residence and they they get equity from that property and they, they expand that network of things. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in buying property, not just for the capital appreciation, but having an asset to use to secure and borrow more money from, right? So I think it made me more risk averse in terms of like, being open to borrowing and I'm okay with borrowing to make more money and that's why I'm okay with the government uh, borrowing to uh, grow the economy too because as long as the economy is growing at a faster pace than what the borrowing rate is for that debt then you know you're outgrowing the debt and you're going to be in a better position in the end of the day right so that's a great point I made a lot of my wealth through leveraging, which is taking the bank's money, investing it, and the investment paying off more than the interest that I was paying. 
-hmm. Now, granted, me and you are in a privileged position because we did have access to staff rates and not necessarily every Canadian is going to be able to borrow money at two, three, four percent. But we had that opportunity. We took it. And I do agree. That's one thing that I never understood, let's say, 10 years ago that I understand more now. And I do also understand the shock that comes from it when people hear you borrowed to invest. So I, I get it from because that was my thought process when I wasn't in the bank. But going through that process and having that experience of borrowing to invest, I understand that you need good timing, you need low interest rates, you also got to invest in the right type of asset. Exactly, exactly. I agree with you. And, um, you know, I think going back to why money is important is, you know, it taught me all these things, right? Like my pursuit of money and the lifestyle I want to live because of that money uh, allowed me to grow my knowledge base and get a career that, you know, is sustaining my lifestyle and my family's lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. I actually have a question that I can't answer because mm -hmm. I'm a single male, mm -hmm. but you're a father. Mm -hmm. Do you think you have a responsibility as a father to give your children money when you pass away? And how much is enough? How much is too much? I have two answers for that. Because, you know, when I see my parents, I'm thinking, I don't want a dollar from you guys. I want you to spend all that money that they, they really didn't put away much money. It's mostly in the equity of their home. And, you know, they're always like, okay, this is how we're going to split the money or whatever. And for me and my brother, at least, it's like, no, like, we, I don't, we don't care about that. What we care about is like, you know, go enjoy your life. Take that money, go traveling because that's something you guys love. And that's something you started late. Go travel, go do things for yourself. Because, you know, majority of their lives and thinking of your parents' lives too, they, like, they, they worked, right? They worked for us. They came home and worked. And being a working dad, I realized the amount of work that your parents must have gone through to raise a family and work at the same time. There's not much time for yourself, right? Um, it, it just doesn't happen. There's not much time for yourself as, at all. So what I think about money coming from my parents, I'm like, no, like make sure you use as much as you can on the most frivolous items as you want before you pass away because you have quite a bit of money sitting there um don't worry about us because you let us gave us a life to be able to take care of ourselves now for my kids i don't i feel the way that i want to give them a comfortable life and i want to make sure that they're okay that they can buy a house that they can make sure they have enough for their education or if it's not education to follow their passion i just want to make them happy but again it goes back to the way i was raised and the character I got from the way I was raised, I, I don't want to hand everything to my child, right? So I think it's it, my life and um, where me and my wife are going is like finding a balance in how we're going to kind of rein that in and try not to spoil them, right? So 
I agree. I heard this one quote that went along the lines of give your children enough money for them to do something one day, but not enough so that they don't have to do anything all day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like teaching them fishing, right? I'm not trying to give them the fish. Let's teach them fishing. <laughs> exactly. Jude, it has been a blast. Thank yes. you so much for talking with me about why money is important. How do you feel about this podcast? This podcast is great. I feel like, you know, we're getting to express our thoughts and whether you agree with us or not, that's that's your idea or your thoughts or whatever. Everyone has a perspective and this is our perspective and opinion and it's it's refreshing. I agree. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us this week. We'll be back next week with another new topic. It's been a blast. Thanks for listening to The Weekly with Ed and Jude. Take care, guys. Bye.